Hi, I'm Andrea. And I'm Jennifer. We're two women who met through our love of writing and our shared experiences with grief. What began as a commonality with loss evolved into a beautiful friendship that has taken our grief and shown us how God's glory can come from it. Through our many conversations, we've learned that there's so much more to the grieving process than meets the eye, and we want to explore that with you and share not just our experiences, but the experiences of others from a faith perspective. We hope you will join us on this journey to morning glory. If you've ever heard the piece of advice, always wear clean underwear, then you probably came across a concerned mother who wanted to be prepared for any situation life might throw at you. And yet these simple pieces of advice pack a big punch. Today on the Morning Glory podcast, Jennifer Thomas and I are going to talk about lessons our loved ones have taught us, even lessons we didn't expect to receive, and how those lessons, whether through words or actions, can help us along our journey. How are you doing today, Jen? I'm doing well, Andrea. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. So thinking about life experience and advice, um, were there any pieces of advice that maybe your parents shared with you that you took with you? You know, one of the things that I think about, especially in terms of my mom, is my mom wasn't really a big advice giver. Like she wouldn't say, you know, hey, I've got this wisdom for you and present it on a nice little platter. Um, It was always through lessons that I learned from her, like watching her as a mother. And so one thing that sticks out in my mind is when my older brother and I were kids and we would go to the grocery store, we would ask, mom, can we get candy? Can we get some candy? And she would sit there and tell us, if you ask me one more time, then you know the answer is no. And it was basically a way her sharing with us, okay, you've got to be patient. Don't, you know, don't keep asking. Let the answer come to you. You have to give it time. Give me time to think about it. And so we would be walking out of the grocery store wondering if she'd forgotten about like the candy. We'd be walking to the checkout or maybe we wanted yogurt that day. And sure enough, we would say, are we going to get yogurt today or can we go get candy? And she would say, nope, I told you not to ask me again or the answer would be no. And it's one of those odd little things that has stuck with me throughout the years because it was it wasn't her like saying, hey, I'm going to give you advice or me even asking for advice at the time. But it's something that resonates with me that as mothers, we are constantly asked all of these things. And sometimes our best response is in not responding um, to our children's immediate needs, but allowing them to learn the lesson for themselves. And I feel like in a roundabout way, that's what my mom was doing. How about you, Andrea? You know, my mom was kind of the same. She didn't have this, you know, sage list of advice or what I had hoped for her to give me. But then now looking back five years after her passing, I've learned that there have been actually a lot of beautiful lessons that she's taught me. Uh, One of them I love is um, there are givers and takers in this world and you're going to be either a giver or a taker and you have to decide which one you're going to be. But in the end, it's better to be a giver. And so I loved that piece of advice because it just kind of reminded me, like, you can't change people, but you can, you know, decide who you want to be and how you're going to contribute to the world. 
So, and one other little piece of advice, but we don't have to go into it. She'd always have to say, you don't have to be rich to be clean. So that was <laughs> her, her way of just making you, you know, always look presentable. You don't have to have a lot of money to look nice and, and to be clean. So today's guest, and this is why we're definitely talking about this, had some wonderful life lessons that her mother gave her. And there were so many that she decided to write a book to share some of these beautiful gems of wisdom. Today's guest, Teresa Tomio, is going to come with us and talk about Everything's Coming Up Rosie, 10 Things My Feisty Italian American Mom Taught Me About Living a Godly Life. All right. So yes, listeners, Teresa Tomio is an author, syndicated Catholic talk show host, and motivational speaker with more than 30 years of experience in TV, radio, and newspaper. In 2000, she left the secular media to start her own speaking and communications company, and her weekday morning radio program, Catholic Connection, is co-produced by Ave Maria Radio in Michigan and the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. This is heard over 500 Catholic radio stations worldwide and on Sirius Satellite Network. Teresa appears frequently on the EWTN Global Catholic Television Network and co-hosts the EWTN television series, The Catholic View for Women. She's also a correspondent for EWTN News in Depth and is a deacon's wife. She also writes a column for our Sunday visitors, The Deacon Magazine. In 2019, she decided to open her own Italy travel consultation company. And most importantly, Teresa has written more than 14 books, is an international speaker where she addresses media awareness and activism, as well as sharing her reversion back to her Catholic faith. She lives in southeastern Michigan with her husband, Deacon Dominic Pastor, and they love traveling the world, giving marriage and diaconate retreats. So today we would like to welcome Teresa as she is here to talk with us about her new book. Welcome, Teresa. Oops, let me unmute myself. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, there we are. Hey, what do I do for a living? I'm radio and I'm having trouble with the microphone. But no, it's it's great to be here and always an honor to talk about the book and talk about, as I call her, Rosie Posey and some of the uh, very blatant and blunt uh, but very helpful advice that she gave me. And Rosie passed away three years ago on March 19th on the Feast of St. Joseph. So I can't believe it's been three years, but it's just pretty amazing when you look back. You don't realize the things that your mom is telling you when you grow up until much later. You don't want to hear it when you're growing up, but then you realize that they make an awful lot of sense that we're all turning into our mothers. So it, it was quite an experience writing the book, but it's something that's been on my heart. I've act I actually did a talk on this, the same subject matter in the book for many years. And it was my friend and fellow speaker, Kelly Walquist, who wrote the foreword for the book, who actually came up with the title. And she said, T, you've got to do a book called Everything's Coming Up Rosie. So that's how the actual book came about. But the talk about 10 things I've learned about living a godly life has actually been um, something that I've been doing for many years, giving this particular talk and the top 10 things that, that Rosie shared with me. She shared many others, but I decided to pick 10 and put them in the book. That's wonderful. I love it. And I love the fact that you didn't just say my mother, you said my feisty Italian American mother. So that gives us kind of a sense of her personality and who she was and 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 how those life lessons really kind of resonated with you. I will say well, that. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say that 
in um, all of my life, all of the Italian women who I've met, they all have that feistiness to them. I think it's just a part of them inherently. I would agree with that. And then you add in the fact that my family is originally from the East Coast. So they've got that tough New York, Jersey, plus the Italian thing going on. So it's it's a real uh, fun combination, but a very feisty and fiery combination. So the word feisty is is one word, but there's a lot of other words that I could use to describe my mother and her personality. But feisty definitely is is absolutely one of them, which is why it made it in the title. I love it. Now, let's talk a little bit about this book. Um, what was your reason for bringing all of this together? You talk in your book a little bit about your mother, talk about, you know, the relationship you had. Who was this book intended for? I think the book was intended for anyone who is looking, well, a couple of things. The common sense factor, which is just gone now in our culture, where everything is topsy-turvy, upside down. It's just crazy. And so getting back to basics, I think, is important for a lot of people, uh, even more so, I think, since COVID or people are, are feeling they were feeling and still struggling with isolation, loneliness and just confusion. And, you know, the mental health is a huge issue right now. And I just felt people needed a shot in the arm to realize that they're not crazy. You know, the things that our parents taught us and our grandparents taught us still make a lot of sense and are timeless. And so that was one audience in terms of people who just needed to say, okay, you know, what I grew up with, that sense of, of common sense and family is still very important. But at the same time, I also wrote it for people who may have had estranged relationships in the family because my mother and I, I say that right in the beginning of the book that we did not have a perfect relationship and it really started to heal toward the very end of her life. We, we struggled a lot. And at the end of the day, I think what I've learned through all of this in my relationship with my mom, that the people with whom we struggle are the ones sometimes that can teach us the most because they're forcing us to grow and they're forcing us to forgive and they're forcing us to look at the big picture and not to focus on those things that drive us crazy about each other, but to really realize that in their own way, they did teach us a lot and they did love us, even if it didn't happen as perfectly or as nicely and calmly as we wanted it to. So I, I also wrote it for people to help them realize that if you have, and many people do, have not the perfect relationship, maybe in a strange relationship with a family member, that you can still learn from them and you can still love them and you can still have a relationship. Absolutely. I think that your your message is very true. And, you know, God puts people in our lives that he wants us to to help us grow. He doesn't make it an easy walk. You mention in your book, one of the chapters, it's not all peaches and cream. And I love that because, you know, that's very true. I always, I, I've learned in my own journey that God has put a lot of people in my life to test me, to to get closer to him, not to make it all peaches and cream, to make it something that, you know, I have to put it at the foot of the cross, as your mother says. Well, if you notice in the book, uh, the way I wrote it, I actually wrote it with the Jersey accent because she had that Jersey accent until the day she died. Even though we moved to Michigan, I was born in New Jersey, but I was raised in Michigan. But she never lost that accent. And so those sayings, it's not all peaches and cream, you know, offer it up to God, pull it at the foot of the cross. It came, it came across much more strongly because of that accent. And it just had a little bit more of a kick and a punch to it. But yeah, I, I think it's, it's super important because in this day and age, everybody wants you know, everything to be peaches and cream. And it's not, that's not life. And I think so many people are having problems is because for some reason they think that everything has to be perfect and they give up on relationships. So we're so divided in this country now. We can't have a relationship 
with someone unless we agree on everything. And why does that have to be the case? Why can't we agree to disagree? Why can't we love each other enough to say, you know what? Okay, I, you know, I, I see what you're saying, but that's not me. And then move on in your relationship with them. That's the way it should be. But unfortunately, it's not. So I think the book addresses that as well, because my mom and I did not agree on a lot of things, let me tell you. But at the end of the day, we loved each other. And she knew that my husband and I were there for her. And she really appreciated that. I think that you bring up a, a great concept in there, Teresa. And that's that, um, you know, in our world today, it seems like people do not want to be uncomfortable and that there are conversations that are hard conversations to have that make others feel uncomfortable. And so instead of leaning towards those conversations to try to, you know, help resolve any conflict, whether it's, um, you know, with a parent or anyone else for that matter, people are so afraid that it's going to turn into this big thing. And, you know, I think here on our podcast, one of the things that we are encouraging people to do is to lean in to those conversations, to those difficult conversations, because that's a way that you build up strength and you build resilience. And it can also help you continue to build your relationship with God. You know, in order to, to build our relationships with those people, we have to allow ourselves to be vulnerable. And sometimes that means having those difficult conversations. Um, were there ever any, you know, conversations you had with your mom that were difficult, but that brought you closer to God? Uh, I think, yeah, many, and especially around the issue of, of, believe it or not, politics, because most people would think because I'm the daughter and she was the mom that she was the conservative and that I was the liberal, which is just the opposite. She still held many, many liberal views that with, with which I did not agree and my husband and I did not agree. And we would find ourselves talking about it. And I, I think you also have to kind of, you know, that old Kenny Rogers song, you guys are probably too young to remember this, but yeah, no one to hold them, no one to fold them. I, I think you do have to lean into those conversations, as you said, but I also think you have to be able to gauge when it's an appropriate time to enter into those conversations. And so we would often have, I would, when I would go visit my mom in the assisted living center, it was always a test of patience for me because I'd go in and she'd be watching the news networks that I could not stand. And she would have them all day. And I would go, I just come off the air talking about the media bias and, and something this network did. And then I'd walk into her apartment in assisted living and there would be that network right in my face. So it, it, it is a way it taught me a lot of patience and it allowed me to kind of look at the world from her perspective. Why was she thinking this? Why was she watching this particular program? And had a lot to do with her upbringing because she was raised in a very poor family and she had a particular idea about the way the world worked, even though it doesn't work that way anymore. The parties have changed, things have changed, but it was a growth experience for me. And there were times we would talk about it and there were times that I would just say, okay, I need to back away. But again, overall, I think it taught me a lot of patience. And as a public person, I have to, I have to deal with people on all different levels, even though I'm on Catholic radio, it doesn't mean everybody that listens to us agrees with us hundred percent. I find that out quite often. And so I think that's what God was trying to show me. It was an opportunity for me to learn how to communicate with those people who don't agree on, on certain issues. I'm sitting here and I'm just smiling because man, you're hitting so many points that I think a lot of our listeners deal with, you know, and, and I think in our, our culture now, we are very divided, even amongst families. This is not a new phenomenon. I know in my own family, we definitely have, um, I, I call it both ends of the pendulum because, you know, there, well, some swing back and forth, but others stay very solid of where they are. 
And, um, and this is true, you know, you don't have to always agree, but that doesn't mean you have to be enemies. You know, one of my priest friends, Father Joe said, you know, you don't have to like, but you do have to love. And there's a difference. You don't always have to see eye to eye. And we have really come into this society where everything is extremes. You know, if you're not with me, then you're against me. And Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus hung out with sinners. He hung out with people who hated him, but he still loved them. Even on the day of his crucifixion, he's forgive them for they know not what they do. So that's a wonderful model. And I I love that you share that about your mother and your relationship with her. Interesting, because I never thought that I would be the one uh, taking care of my mother. Not that I was going to ignore her, but I always thought that I would be taking care of. My father died suddenly. He died of a heart um, attack. He had a heart failure and accommodation of Parkinson's, and he died suddenly uh, 13 years ago. I mean, he was he was, he was very sick, but he, he, we didn't expect him to go as quickly as he did. And my father and I were very close. I'm really a daddy's girl, not a mommy's girl. And I said to Dominic, my husband, I said, why do you think God put me, put us in this situation where we are taking, we took care of my mother for three or four years. And he was, you know, I call him St. Dominic because I wouldn't have gotten through any of that without him. Because, you know, there were times in the, in the two of us, my mother and I were buddy heads and a lot of issues. But I, I really do believe because God wanted to challenge me and wanted to stretch me. And this is your mom and this is still the Ten Commandment and you have to honor your parents. Not that I would have ignored her and not helped and anything, but um, my one sister just couldn't handle it. And for whatever reason, she just wasn't there until the very end. Uh, the last two weeks of my mother's life, she did help quite a bit. But, you know, three or four years, my mother was getting progressively worse and we had to move her into assisted living. Everything was on me and my husband. And I thought, gosh, you know, with, with the way my mother and I are, are so different, even though we loved each other, you know, why did God give me this? Why couldn't it have been my father? You know, because it would have been much easier for me to deal with it because my father and I had a much different relationship. But God gives you those things to um, basically help you get out of purgatory, right? Because we all, have, <laughs> I need a lot of work to get out of purgatory. But also I think to really help us grow in love for family and to grow stronger and to remember, you know, this is life. You're, you're not always going to have somebody that agrees with you 100% in your family and in, in school and work, whatever. But you still have to take care of that parent. That's still your responsibility. That is a commandment. It's the only commandment that comes with a promise, by the way, honoring your parents. Yeah, you know, um, in your book, I noticed that you mentioned the idea of redemptive suffering. And so do you feel like taking care of your mom in a way was a form of redemptive suffering for you? I do. I, I think so. And I think also the redemptive suffering, the fact that I felt abandoned by my sister. And it was a very weird situation. My older sister, Donna, before my mother got sick, died of cancer. And the one sister with whom you know, we're, we're, we are estranged, and I'm very honest about that. I've talked about it on the air, and I've, I've tried to find out why. I've tried to reach out. It hasn't been successful. But I, I still pray for her, and my door is open. But there are, there are a number of dynamics going on during this whole process where my husband and I are responsible for my mother's care. One sister died with whom I, to whom I was very close. And then the other one that, that I wasn't close with just kind of dropped off the, the face of the earth and wasn't there until the very end. So there were all these things, a lot of suffering was happening. But at the same time through it all, it was really a growth process for me. And I really kind of um, got to love my mom even more despite the frustrations. We would laugh a lot and we would talk a lot about old times. And I really started to think, which is one of the reasons why I wrote the book, uh, 
about life through her eyes and her experience and the struggles she had. And I think that's what God was trying to show me through all of it, that look, she's, she's this way because she had her own set of suffering. She went through her own situation. I talk about some of that in the book. So it was a real, was redemptive suffering, but it was also a really good, but I guess that's recent redemptive suffering in itself, a really good growth process for me, I have to say. And I really enjoyed getting to know, I got to know this whole area of senior care that I never knew about and now have such admiration for the people who work in that industry. My mom, we, we found a beautiful place for her. She just couldn't live on, on her own anymore. And she was ready to go into assisted living. But this place was amazing. And the people were wonderful. It was run by uh, one Catholic woman and two evangelical Christians. And they were adorable. It was a beautiful place. The people were adorable. I'd go over three or four times a week to see my mom. And they had a happy hour on Fridays. Literally had a happy hour with music. And they served wine. My mother didn't drink, but I did. So I drank wine for the happy hour. But yeah, it was. It was. there was a lot of things that I learned through it. And, and once I got through it, after my mom died, I was able to look back and see everything that God, because not, God doesn't waste anything. Nothing is wasted in your experience. And so there's so many other things that I can write about in that experience that I haven't, I haven't really processed yet, but yeah, it was redemptive suffering, but it was also a big, big growth process for me, I think in many ways. In the famous words of Fulton Sheen, God sometimes breaks your heart to get your attention. And, and I find that very true. And uh, you're sharing a lot of your experiences. I can, I can share a lot of my my personal experiences. I won't share some of them because they are private, but that whole idea of, you know, redemptive suffering and, you know, this helps you grow closer. This definitely grows closer. My dad's in assisted living right now and, and you're at one, they do have a happy hour. I have to tell you, it's very true. My dad sometimes will drink other people's drinks too, or take them back to his room. Um, but you know, it's that redemptive suffering of, of growing close, seeing it from their eyes. And somebody told me that, especially when you're struggling, maybe with someone that you don't see eye to eye with, or you don't get along, that you have to look at them through the eyes of Jesus, because he loves, he loves all God's children, even the ones that maybe you find that are more difficult to love. He loves them just as much as he loves you. Teresa, um, I'd, I'd like to ask, did you find it cathartic going through the process of writing your book? Because I know there's there's actually um, a type form of therapy that therapists are using called expressive writing. And so it actually is a very well-recognized form of therapy. And so I think of your book as something of a form of expressive writing where it's you know helping you process these emotions, but you're also sharing it with others. So do you feel like it was helpful for you to, to put all of this out there the way you did? Oh yeah, I definitely think it was. And I think it was cathartic because again, what it helped me realize is when I went, got into it and I would, I remember, I have a very good memory. I'm very blessed with a very strong memory. So my husband says it's selective and I only remember <laughs> that I want to remember and not what he tells me, but yeah, I think it was very cathartic because I was able to, again, look at what my, through my mom's the lens of her life and went back to, through a lot of memories. And I was describing some of the sayings that she had in terms of why she was the way she was and why she developed the way she did emotionally, psychologically. I was able to work through that and really had a different perspective and had a lot more, I think, empathy and sympathy for her at the end of the day after I wrote the book. So yeah, it was, I think it was very healing for me. It was, I, I needed to do it. I needed to sit down and write. I mean, and I'm, I'm a communicator, so that's how I 
express my myself and settle things. It was really, I think it was very helpful. And I, and I learned a lot in the process as well, I think. This episode is going to be airing on the week of All Souls and All Saints Day. Or were there any saints that, that you feel closeness to? Were there any saints that your mother felt a closeness to? Well, it's funny. I was named after St. Teresa of Avila. And my mom named me, gave me the name Teresa because uh, she loved the name and she gave it the T-E spelling, not the T-H, because she wanted it to be more Mediterranean, more Italian, because we're, my, my mother is 100% Italian, so is my father, so I'm a purebred and FBI, as I say, full-blown Italian. But she didn't know that much about the saint, but she did admire her from afar. And one day I brought home a little book from Catholic grade school about the saints. And she was reading about St. Teresa of Avila, that she was had a big mouth, that she was very feisty, that she got into trouble a lot. And she was sitting on the couch in our living room in Metro Detroit and reading the book and looking up at me and reading the book and looking up at me. And all of a sudden she looks at me and she goes, oh, for crying out loud, it's providential that I named you after her, you know, because of the personality. So um, my mom was very close to the Blessed Mother, the Queen of All Saints. I was very close my whole life, and, and she's still my gal, St. Teresa of Avila. I, I just, I loved her personality, her outgoingness, her realness with God. I just admire her so much, and I've had some really powerful experiences with her in terms of intercession uh, with her and also St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross. So, yes, let's see who else. Well, Cat Catherine of Siena, St. Teresa of Avila, St. Teresa Benedicta. And I also love um, Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frizzati, another one, having to do a little bit of the fact that he's Italian from Northern Italy. But I, I just love his sense of humor and the fact that he loved life and, and loved his friends. And yet he was very, very serious about his faith. So I love the saints. I wrote another book about the saints many years ago called Girlfriends and Other Saints. So yeah, but my mom was a big, big, big fan of the Blessed Mother. Beautiful. I love it. And I'm a history teacher, so I love, uh, I teach European history. So we talk a lot about Teresa of Avila, and we also talk about Catherine of Siena. So beautiful, beautiful women, very feisty, very strong, but very compassionate and turned people's heads in a time where, where most people would not have maybe looked at them otherwise. So wonderful. Now, are there any Bible verses in particular that have helped you, especially after your mom's passing? Well, there are so many so many Bible verses that I love. And my husband and I came back to the faith through non-denominational Bible studies, so I could go on and on. But as far as the Old Testament is concerned, uh, one of our favorite verses, it's my husband's absolute favorite, but it's one of mine too. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know it, the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans that the harmony, plans to give you hope for a and a future. And that is, is something that we've clung to. I mean, if you know our story, uh, we have a whole separate ministry that we do with the diaconate and with married couples that we came very close to divorce. And it was that verse that helped my husband get through and me get through some difficult times. But then also Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good. For those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, because as I said earlier, God never wastes his time. Everything that we've gone through can be used for his good, if we allow it. I mean, there are people who can get stuck in the anger and stuck in the bitterness and stuck in a bad experience without realizing, well, maybe God that God didn't cause this because God doesn't go around zapping people, but maybe God is allowing this to help you grow in a certain area. And just like with me and my mom, we had to work things out. You know, we had to work things out in our relationship, which is, I think, why God stuck us together, especially those last few years, even, even more closely than we were before. So yeah, Romans 8, 28, Jeremiah 29, 11. And then my absolute favorite verse in all of scripture is John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man abides in me, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I had to learn the hard way that 
you have to have God in your life or it falls apart. And my life did fall apart. And so all things Christ is my spiritual director says, and I just love, love, love that verse. So John 15, five, my favorite verse. Oh, those are some pretty power punching verses there. So thank you so much for sharing that, Teresa. I do want to ask you, um, what do you think would be some advice that Rosie, your mom, would would have given to you, like in thinking about, you know, her her passing and her death, or what is some advice even you think Rosie would give to our listeners who are maybe in a place where they're in grief and sorrow and just need someone to kind of pick them up? I would I would say she the last uh, chapter of the book is keep smiling, and I would say that she would tell people to keep smiling and not to be unhappy because she was a very funny and joyful person. Everybody loved my mom. She was very outgoing and that, that we have a lot in common in that way. We're both, we were both very much a people person. She knew everybody would be in the grocery store and she'd be talking to somebody in front of her. I'd say, ma, do you know her? Oh no. I just struck up a conversation, just talking. She was very, very nice, you know? So, but I keep smiling and never let the, you know, uh, the fools get you down. Keep your joy. I think that's the biggest thing. And to remember the good times, the funny times. And my husband and I joke a lot about my mom. Um, his mom is 90 years old. She's still alive. And we joke about our fathers. His father passed, my father passed, and my mom. But we most of it is centering around my mom because she had so many good one-liners and funny sayings and things. You know, and he would say, "Okay, Rosie, there you go, Rosie." So remember the good times and 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 tr- concentrate on that. If that makes sense. That's great advice. Absolutely. And, uh, and to keep moving forward, you know, don't get stuck in your own misery because then you stay there. What a cliche, but misery loves company. It's so true. We're going to offer up, as we always do, a, a prayer for a loved one, especially on this week of All Souls and All Saints Day. Uh, we want to offer up a, a special prayer. Do you have any person that you would like to have us include in our, in our closing for prayers today? Um, is that per people, person alive or past or both? For, for a soul that is past. Um, I would say for my sister, Donna, um, my sister, Donna, who died of cancer in 2016, um, she was coming back to her face slowly, but she still wasn't quite there. She suffered a lot. So I'm praying to God that that suffering, um, aided her quickly into heaven. Uh, we, we can only pray for that, but if you could pray for her, her name was Donna, my sister, Donna, I'd greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. And um, we're going to also include your mom, Rosie, as well in our prayers. And um, did you have any friends that were close by? Uh, there's a friend. of Yeah, there's a friend of mine um, who's struggling with very serious cancer. And his name is Mike. And so people can keep him and his family in, in your prayers and very serious in terms of the diagnosis. So just an amazing man of God, husband and father, close friend of ours, whose name is Mike. People could keep him in their prayers as well. That would be great. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and bow our heads right now and begin our prayers uh, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come together today to to share uh, Rosie's messages through her daughter, uh, Teresa. We offer all things up to you. We ask for your uh, your love to comfort those, especially those who are suffering in their loss and in their grief, if they didn't have a relation, a close relationship with their loved one, to heal them, to guide them, to know that that suffering was part of their closeness to draw closer to you so that their journey home will one day be 
much easier. We want to offer up the intentions for the souls of Donna and uh, Rosie Tomio. We also want to offer up the, the intentions for the souls of Mike Salter. Eternal rest grant on to them, O Lord, and let the perpetual light shine upon them. May they rest in peace. Amen. For all the saints in heaven and for all the souls in purgatory and for the Blessed Mother, pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Well, Teresa, this is the part of our podcast where we ask our guests to share either a particular trial that you've overcome or something that, you know, you have turned into a small victory or even if you've had a period of mourning recently. So uh, what is your morning glory? Well, I think... Um... I think I'm still mourning the loss of my mom. So people could pray for that. I'm still processing it. I think the book helped, as I mentioned a lot, it was very cathartic, but there are many times where I, you know, I wish that we would have had a better relationship early on. So I'm still dealing with that a little bit. So people can pray for that. Although I think toward the end really did come together and work through all of that. And the book, the book was really a, a dedication to her and her life. But I just, I think really that my whole life is is a story of, of new beginnings and reinventing myself over and over again. Um, I'm pretty much an expert at that because of, you know, not by choice all the time because of the industry that I was in for many years in the secular media was so horrific. I left and reinvented myself in Catholic radio. So I, I'm so grateful to God who did give me a, a lot of guts in terms of stamina. Uh, it's all God given, you know, your personality and, and, and what he puts in you. But if he's given me a lot of, of courage, I couldn't do it without my faith. I couldn't do it without the support of my husband. So I'm just very grateful because I do consider myself an overcomer. I've overcome a lot in my life. And this is how I've been able to get to the point where I am today in my career on Catholic radio for 21 years and all the books I've written. It's been, uh, hasn't been easy. It's been a struggle, but I'm very grateful uh, to be able to have overcome an awful lot. That's beautiful. And as I'm going to quote another Catholic author, Emily Geminette, um, your biggest struggle is your superpower. You know, it it, be, it becomes the strength that helps guide you. So Teresa I love Martin. Emily. She's on my show lots of times. I love her and her parents and, and the Sacred Heart and Men's of the Sacred Heart. Yep. Mm -hmm. Know her very well. Yeah, she's she's fantastic. I love her books. And so we are so grateful to have you on today. You are truly a blessing. And I feel like I'm sitting here and I'm talking to, you know, um, all the things that you're talking about, listening about your mother, Rosary, Rosie, that's kind of like my mother. She had a lot of similar personality traits. And I think that this book and, and your journey is really going to help people. And we'll continue to pray for you in your process of healing as all three of us have, you know, mothers that have, have crossed over with our Lord. So thank you for being with us today, Teresa. Well, thank you for having me. It sure went by fast and, and God bless your podcast and your ministry and for all that you do as moms and teachers and spiritual moms. And for all the people listening out there, just keep smiling as Rosie always said, and offer it up to God and put it at the foot of the course. That's the first and most important thing that she taught me. Amen. Put it at the foot of the cross for sure. Now, where can people find you, Teresa, if they want to reach out to you or they want to follow you? Sure. The best thing is just to go to my website, which is TeresaTomeo.com. And that's Teresa without an H, T-E-R-E-S-A-T-O-M-E-O.com. And then they can also find me through AveMariaRadio.net or EWTN.com. And my show, Catholic Connection, airs Monday through Friday. 
on the EW10 and Ave Maria radio networks from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern time. So I hope people start listening also on Sirius 130 every day. Wonderful. That's a great place. And if you have any questions or comments about today's show, uh, please feel free to email us at morningglorypodcast at gmail.com. If there's questions for Teresa, we can always relay them to her. And also check out our Instagram and Facebook pages. All right. Thank you, listeners, for joining us today on the Morning Glory podcast. We hope you'll find comfort and support in the shows that we continue to bring you as we continue on our journey to one day be reunited with God. I'm Jennifer Thomas. And I'm Andrea Bear. Until we meet again, God bless. Thank you for listening to the Morning Glory podcast. If you'd like to hear more episodes, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other podcast platforms. You can also check out our Facebook and Instagram pages at Morning Glory Podcast or send us an email at morningglorypodcast at gmail.com. And that's morning spelt M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G-G-L-O-R-Y podcast. Until we meet again, God bless.